by the way, if you all agree with something I say, you could say amen too. You probably, probably, you know, I don't know if it'll start over or not. It might. I don't know. Praise God. I I really had uh, wanted Brother Jeff to preach today. I didn't give him any notice because my pastors never gave me notice. Now I'm out for revenge. No, not really. But uh, we hadn't heard from him in a long time, and, and you that haven't heard Brother Jeff preach, he's a wonderful preacher. Yeah. He's always uh, he's got a great delivery. He's yeah. just Jeff up here, you know. Yeah. And he and him and the Lord's got you know a lot going on there, and I certainly appreciate right. his ministry. But uh, he threw it back on me, and, uh, okay. and I understand that. You know, you made a mess. And, you fix it, when you know. So uh, I, I want you to turn with me to Galatians, the sixth chapter. Uh, certainly looking forward to hearing Carter playing sing. You heard him, didn't you? He made a commitment. We'll see if he's a man of his word. <laughs> Praise God. Or whatever, however he wants to. He don't have to. He don't have to do any of that stuff. We're just glad for him here. Yeah. But the door certainly open, Carter. Yeah. And. Uh, I, uh, me and uh, Rachel here are ducks. They got started. I told them about the story of the tenant and the landlord. And uh, the uh, tenant had some prized chickens uh, in the lower part in the basement type place there. He was renting this off of a guy, but he was it's more than a, somebody he was renting from. He was actually, they became really good friends. He was there for years and years and years. And the little place, the little apartment was out close to the river. And one day the river flooded and it got in that basement where them prize chickens were. Does anybody know what a prize chicken is? I don't really, I guess they go to places, fairs and stuff and win awards, you know, but these were prize chickens and he groomed them and fed them and taking care of them and that water got in there and flooded and killed all of his prize chickens. Well, he got a hold of the landlord and said, I'm moving. And uh, he said, well, why? Don't you like the apartment? Yeah, I love it. You know, I love it here. But I'm moving. It, the, the river got in there and killed my prize chickens. So I'm moving. He said, well, don't we have a good relationship? Is the rent too high? No, none of that. None of that stuff. I love it here and I love our relationship. I love the price and everything, but I'm moving because that killed my prize chickens. You know what the landlord told him? Get you some ducks. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. And sometimes I think we've got too many chickens in our life. Yeah. Right. Not everything that made it on this side of the flood came through Noah's Ark. Did y'all know that? Right. Right. Yeah. Some things made it without Noah's Ark. Yeah. And sometimes in our lives, we can be too, we got things that are in our lives that are just too high upkeep. Yeah. Amen. And, yeah. and a lot yeah. of times it just makes people miserable and anxious. Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. Right. Hallelujah. So get you some ducks. Right. In life. Yeah. Stuff that if a storm comes up, you don't have to worry about it. Them guys can. They'll do all right. Yeah. They'll do fine. Right. Praise God. Yeah. Hallelujah. Uh, Galatians, the sixth chapter, verse number 14. Galatians, the sixth chapter, verse number 14. Galatians 6 and 14. 
But God forbid that I should glory save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. By whom the world is crucified unto me and I am to the world. For in Jesus Christ neither circumcision availeth anything nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them and mercy and upon the of and upon Israel of God. Excuse me. From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord Jesus. Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus be with you, with your spirit. Amen. I want to talk to you for just a few minutes here on the glory of the cross. The glory yeah. of the cross. Amen. He said in verse number 14, but God forbid that I should glory save except for, in other words, in the cross yeah. of our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. By whom the world is crucified unto me and I unto the world. Yeah. yeah. Now certainly those of us, especially that have been in church, can listen to these words today without being greatly shocked because we see the value in these words. Yeah. But to those ears that first heard them, it must have sounded revolutionary to them. Right. When Paul first penned these words and people read these words. Matter of fact, to them, it was probably almost unbelievable. Right. Here's a man that's trying, he's proclaiming a new faith and, and, and he's trying to get people to, to be part of this new faith. Yeah. And the Christ to whom he belongs, as he says, whom he serves, as he says, has died the most shameful and horrible of deaths. Yet in tr instead of trying to conceal that part of it and that fact, instead of putting it into the background, it is the one fact about his master that he glories in the most. Yeah. yeah. God forbid that I should glory save in the cross. Right. 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 Praise God. There's only one time that I know of that seemed like Paul, this great man, in his ministry seemed to have failed to put the cross in the center of his message. And that was when you remember he preached on Mars Hill in Athens to the Athenians. And when he came to this, this, uh, this place, it was the center of their culture. When he came to a city that was filled with philosophers and scholars, he seemed to have, and I must say, a normal desire to show that he too was a man of schools. Yeah. That he had studied. Yeah. That he had read not only their own authors, but he had read the poets of Greece and the authors of Greece. Yeah. And therefore, when he met the Athenians on their own terms, but they, and that's what sometimes we try to do. We try to reach people. We try to uh, get to people where, you know, where they're living and, and try to relate to them. And there's nothing wrong with that. We ought to do that. Sure. We ought to try to relate to people. Yeah. Right. Huh? Right. I mean, what a good conversation. You know a fellow likes fishing. Just, you know, if you want to get in a conversation, you know he likes fishing, get talk about fishing. Right. Right. Huh? Right. You know, there's a lot of things that you can do in this world that are enjoyable. Right. Yeah. It's downright fun. You can have a blast fishing. Yeah. Sure. You really can. Right. You don't have to miss church to go. I mean, once in a while it'd be all right. And if you take a vacation, well, sure. Glory to God. Go take your vacation, go fishing, but not every other Sunday. Right. Yeah. Maybe not every, maybe not every month. Right. And while you're there, have prayer meeting. 
Right. Have devotionals. Right. And pray. And I mean, what can you, what in the world, possible world, would people want to do that they couldn't do and still be a Christian and serve the Lord? Yeah. Right. Amen. You like to camp? Well, go camping. You like to deer hunt? You like to elk hunt? You like to big horn sheep hunt? Do all that stuff. But you don't have to backslide and do it. Right. You can be a light to people. Right. Praise God. Amen. And so there's nothing wrong with, as Paul was trying to, well, you know, here I am in Athens. And it's got the history of, you know, of Socrates, Diogenes, Plato. And it's got all those, you know, in their history. And probably some of these that were, you know, maybe still be alive that maybe knew somebody that knew somebody that knew somebody that knew some of these fellows. And they still, you can still see that they have a lot of influence here. So I'll try to reach them that way. Yeah. But in this particular case, sadly, um, it was not very convincing. They were not very impressed. Yeah. Right. Matter of fact, they called him a babbler. Yeah. Yeah. Huh? Praise God. There was a few people that got saved <clears throat> while Paul was here in Athens, but not very many. Yeah. But you know, he went from Athens and then he went to Corinth. Yeah. And you Bible readers will know that Corinth and history people will know that Corinth was one of the most wicked cities in the world. Yeah. Filled with all kinds of ungodliness and lust yeah. and perversion. Yeah. Right. Sort of sounds like Washington, D.C. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And I've been there. Praise God. And it seems like that when he was there in this wicked city, he said, well, you know, it didn't work out too good in Athens, so I'm going to go back to my, my basics. I'm going to go back to basics here. He went back to his old style preaching. Yeah. Maybe he was even chasing in his heart. And I know that he solemnly resolved that he would try to win, not try to win people through man's wisdom anymore. He determined not to know anything among these Corinthians except Christ. Right. And the crucified Christ at that. So I mean, right. listen to his word. After he'd been to Corinth and many people got saved and he established churches in Corinth, when he left in First Corinthians, he wrote him a letter. Yeah. And he yeah. said, and, and he said, I, brethren, came to you and came not with excellency of speech or wisdom. Listen to what it says, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. Right. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of the power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, right. but in the power of Amen. God. Yes. Right. That's what he wrote back to him. Yeah. I, I guess he learned his lesson there in Athens. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to impress this world. I remember when I bought, I, I used to play an ovation traveling and and one fella in Ledbetter, Kentucky, handed me a wad of $100 bills. He said, here, go buy you a new guitar. And uh, I guess he didn't like how my ovation sounded. And they got a unique sound, you know. And, and so I went to Nashville. Matter of fact, he went with me and a couple of other brothers in the church. We was in a revival. I was in a, that was that revival that was seven weeks. Yeah. Well, one night into the seven-week revival. Can you imagine that? Yeah. Can you imagine being in church every night for seven weeks? Or Six weeks and one day, excuse me. So, uh, uh, but anyway, we went to Nashville, Tennessee. One by a guitar, that's a place to buy an acoustic guitar or a tele, a tele or a strap, you know, any of those. That's the place to get one, man. You'll get them cheaper than anywhere. So I went to Corner, uh, Corner Music. It was a Martin dealer. Always wanted a Martin. 
And I, he asked me, he's very nice, and I like, I like people like this. I like businesses like this. He said, uh, what do you do with it? What do you want the guitar for? And he asked me, what do you, you have to amplify it. He said, you know, is this, you're talking about, you know, 30, 30 years ago. Yeah. He said, you know, we have a pickup that'll go in this Martin, but it doesn't sound very good. He said, if you're going to plug up, he said, I'd love to sell you a Martin, but you need to go buy you a Takamini. Because they, at the time, they had the best plugged-in sound, according to him, you can get. Sure enough, I went down the road, he told me where to go, and the F, and I went in there to buy a, a Takamini and I asked him about it. And I'm telling you what, it seemed like everybody in the place could burn a guitar up. <laughs> I've never seen the like of it. I'm telling you, I mean, if we think we're going to impress the world yeah. with the things we can do, yeah. you're not going to get it done. Right. And so the owner came down and talked to me for a while. You know, it's getting close and close in time. I've been wanting to hurry up in hindsight, but I don't know. But he's a real nice fella. And he grabbed hold of guitar. I said, well, this guy probably won't really play. You know, he's been pushing a pencil. He burned it up. Everybody in there could burn up a guitar. I was just, I was just too embarrassed to even grab it. But I did anyway. I won't say I felt for. I bought it. But my point is, is that we're not going to impress people with our, with our knowledge. We're not going to impress people with our talent. Right. We're not going to impress people with things we can do as right. far as in the flesh. Right. We're not right. going to do that because right. you always find somebody that can hit a higher note. Yeah. You always can find somebody that can get, play that lick faster and better. Get better tone out of that mandolin. Yeah. And, and such, so forth. I mean, you're always going to find somebody that's better than you. You're not going to impress them. Yeah. Right. That's what Paul found out the hard way. Yeah. yeah. You're not going to impress them. So he went back to his old style of preaching and all kinds of people got saved. Yes, amen. Yeah, hallelujah. Ah, if you see the list of people, the kind of people, and he says, uh, and such as you were. Right. Exactly. Huh? Yeah. But amen. now you're saved and sanctified. Right. I amen. mean, all kinds of, I mean, adulterers, idolaters, right. uh, uh, homosexuals, and and, and all kinds of people that were in terrible shape, perverted people, ungodly people. But all they needed to be told about was the cross yes, of amen. Christ. Amen. Praise amen. God. And from that point forward, amen, I, I challenge you, anywhere you hear Paul, even anywhere you hear him preach, any of his writings from that time forward, he makes the cross the very central yes. theme and amen. the very focal right. point right. of everything, everything he does concerning the yes. ministry. Will somebody lift your hand to heaven and praise the Lord? Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. He made that decision. He determined not to know anything among you. He said, Jesus Christ, him crucified. What a strange decision, some might say. Paul facing a, a fact realistically that the preaching of Christ, who died the death of a felon and its difficulties, that's what he wants to focus on? Yeah. Yeah. Right. To the Jews, such preaching was a stumbling block. Yeah. They couldn't understand it. To the Greeks, it was foolishness. Yeah. You want us to commit to that? Yeah. yeah. And your leader right. was crucified? The worst kind of death? The most torturous kind of death? The most shameful kind of death? It's a death that felons, it's a death that criminal, it's a death that they, they put on uh, ungodly and terrible people? Yeah. Yeah. Praise God. 
Lord, God has seen to many people that the height of stupidity try to win people to allegiance to a religion by proclaiming a Savior who had so utterly, seemingly failed. Yeah. He failed to save himself. Yeah. He died as only slaves and foreign criminals died. Yeah. Of course, such preaching to them seemed foolish. Yet yeah. this Paul went madly on, glorying in the cross. Yeah. Hallelujah. For he had determined to do yes. so. Yes. Amen. In spite of derision, in spite of laughter that it excited, that men that men would laugh at it, that such preaching would seem foolish, we can readily understand. Yeah. But to apologize for the cross as a minister or as a Christian, to seek to explain in a way would seem perfectly uh, to them perfectly natural. But to glory in it, yeah, that seems so absurd. Yeah, that seemed to be just a little short of madness. To glory in the cross. Yeah, yeah, hallelujah. Huh? You can understand. And many people do, many religions do today, many preachers do, many Christians do. They de-emphasize the cross. They, they don't talk bad about it, many of them, but they de-emphasize. Right. You're so right. Yeah. yeah. Glory to God. Amen. Oh, you come to church and you know, and, and your life will be better, and, and some of them claim you'll be rich. Right. But none of that's true. Right. right. Unless we focus on the cross. Yes, amen. amen. Praise the Lamb of God. That's right. Right. Amen. Why did they think it's a little short of madness? Why does it at first glance seem foolish that Paul should glory in the cross? I'm I'm not gonna give you the full load here. I've already taken up too much time. But first of all, such glory seems foolish in the first place because the cross puts the spotlight on the sinfulness of man. Yeah. As no other event in human history. Yeah. It shows the sinfulness and the ungodliness yeah. of humanity. Yeah. Praise right. God. Amen. Well, man, I'm going to leave that alone. I don't want people to be driven off. I don't want to offend people. And there's a lot of ministries that have done that. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. They pass over the cross. They go around the cross. Yeah. But you can't get to heaven no other way. Right. Amen. Amen. Through the through Calvary's, the brink of Calvary's right. hill, will somebody shout amen? Uh, it seems foolish because that spotlight, people don't like to be told that they've got sin in their life. Yeah. Huh? You're right. Yeah. I didn't like it when the preacher got up, you know. You've got sin in your life, but all have sinned. Yes. Amen. But become short sure of the glory of God. That's right. Yeah. yeah. All have sinned. That's right. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. All have sinned and come yeah. short of the glory of God. Yeah. Right. Amen. And the only way we can deal with that is for us to have a grand realization of that. Right. Amen. That's right. Huh? Yeah. yeah. Right. Praise God. I mean, that's what, amen, in Pilgrim's Progress, that's what Christian, the only reason why he was seeking, seeking for alternatives is because of that great weight and burden of sin that was on him. Yeah. yeah. If it wasn't for that great weight and burden of sin that was on him, he would have never sought out one Mr. Evangelist in right. Pilgrim's Progress. Right. And he sought him out. You know where Mr. Evangelist pointed him? He pointed him to the hill. Yeah. <laughs> That's where he pointed him, where the cross is and where the tomb is. Will somebody lift a hand to heaven? And when he got to the hill, he looked upon the cross 
and that burden of sin rolled off of his back and into an open tomb with somebody to heaven. And I know that's an allegory, but I like it. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. I like it. I like it. I like it. A lot of people, they don't want to mention our sins, but oh, friend, oh, friend, oh, let's worship God and praise God, even for He saved us from our sins. Yes, amen. amen. Hallelujah. Huh? Right. That's right. That's what John said. Yeah. As Jesus came up over the hill, John the Baptist said this. He said, Behold the Lamb of God, right. which taketh away the sin yeah. of the world. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I like that, don't you? Yes, sir. Yeah. Not only was it seem foolishness at first grant, glance because it puts a spotlight on the spotlight, excuse me, on the sinfulness of man, but it's also seen that that Paul's position seems foolish at the point of madness because this cross represents what looks like the extreme failure of all human history. Yeah. Yeah. Here the cross seems to the uneducated eye the greatest defeat of goodness that has ever been suffered. Yeah. I mean, one day a young man locks up his carpenter's shop to return to it no more. Yeah. His name is Jesus. Yeah. He's Amen. 33 and Hallelujah. he's 30 years old and, and he's taken off on this ministry. He had a mission, and for its purpose was the transformation of all of mankind. Yeah. Right, right. Whosoever will. Right. And he went out to make the kingdom of God a reality in every human heart. Yeah. Yeah. In all humankind. Yeah. His appeal to the hearts of that day was tremendous. Yeah. It wasn't long the multitudes were thronging him and following him everywhere that he went. It got to the point he became so popular when he when he healed somebody, he had to tell him, don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody. Don't tell nobody. There's so many people coming to him. The great multitudes hung upon his words. They followed him. One day they even sought to make him, and even by force, make him their king. Right. But he wouldn't do it. Yeah. But little by little, all this began to change. Yeah. Right. The people came to discover that this wasn't the kind of Messiah they wanted. Yeah. This Messiah required something of us. Yeah. Right. There's a cost here. The religious leaders quickly turned against him. Alas, he was arrested, had a mock trial, was sentenced to death, and he was crucified. Yeah. Doesn't sound very victorious to me, does it? Right. Huh? I can imagine if you were there that day, maybe there was a an absent well-wisher asking a friend who was present. Asked him about what had happened to this religious movement, what happened to this Jesus. And he got around to asking the fellow that was there, how did the disciples conduct themselves when their master was arrested? And the fellow that was there would say it was a heartbreaking scene. Yeah. One of them betrayed him, another swore he'd never seen him. The rest of them fled like frightened hares for him to die alone. Yeah. Then the fellow would ask him. How about the master himself? Well, for the most part, the, the fellow that observed it, he saw it through grandly. Yeah. He did sob in the garden as he faced the cross. Then he did stagger and fell as he carried the cross toward Calvary. But he said, I've got to say this for him. He never lost his head. Yeah. He prayed for the misguided soldiers that tortured him. Right. But there was this one black mortal 
moment he would tell this friend who was absent during these times when it seems like even his great heart failed him. Because I heard him cry, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Yeah. And then he said, I just turned and slipped away because I couldn't stand it anymore. What a story. Yeah. And you're going to win the world with that. But yet yeah. Paul, that was his focus. Right. Yeah, it was. And the only way we'll win the world is the focus right. and the glory in the cross. Yes. Amen. Let me tell you, Apostle Paul told you about him before. He could speak at least five different languages I've counted. Fluently. Yeah. I mean, he could converse with a Roman soldier fluently. He could go to Athens and tell them more about their philosophers and what they even knew. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Right. Right. Glory to God. He could stand before Nero. He could, yes, he could, because he was a brilliant man. He sat at the feet of Gamal. They were smart people. They were learned people. They were yeah. they, the, the elites of academia. They were very smart people. Yeah. And so I think Paul is, is far too wise to glory in something that had nothing to be glorious about it. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll just give you one reason. I've got several, but the greatest of the reasons for glory in the cross. He gloried in the cross because while the cross shows man at his worst, it also reveals man at his greatest worth. Yes. Yeah. Amen. That's Amen. Good. That's good. He gloried in the cross because although it showed man at his worst, it also revealed man at his greatest worth. Yes. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. He wrote to the, he wrote to the Galatians and he told them, "I am crucified with Christ. Yeah. <laughs> Nevertheless, I live; yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. Yeah. And the life which is now I live in the flesh, I live by faith of the Son of God who loved me. Yeah. And gave Himself for me. Right. Yeah. right. The prize of heaven. Yes. Showing the worth." Of humanity by coming himself. Yeah. Amen. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Man, I wish I could preach. This is preaching stuff here. It's preaching stuff. If I could preach, I'd preach to you right now. Amen. Glory to God. His life wasn't taken from him. That's right. No man taketh it from me, he said, but I lay it down. Yeah. Of myself. Yeah. Praise God. Yeah. Taking in connection with Easter, the cross is the most victorious event in all of human history. Yes. Amen. Amen. When you couple the cross, the death, and resurrection right. of Jesus Christ, that's the most victorious event. Yes. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. It's not who won the Super Bowl. Right. Right. It's not who won the gold medal in the Olympics. Yeah. Yeah. It's not who wins the political race. Right. Yeah. Huh? You're right. right. I mean, I know who I want to win. Of course. Yeah. Right. But that's not where it's at. Right. right. Amen. The most victorious event in all human history the is the cross Hallelujah. and the resurrection. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Glory to God. Back in the uh, 1940s, that's before you was born. There was an American mother who, who had, she had married a Frenchman and they had a child, a little girl. I think she, the little girl was about four years of age. And 
And because of the husband's connections, as France was falling apart, Hitler and the Nazis, the German army was coming in and occupying, her husband was arrested. And, uh, but he had told her, he said, if they take me, <clears throat> you get to Spain. Some way, somehow, you get, you get our child, you and our little girl, get them to Spain. Yeah. So he was arrested and she did what it said. She started making her way to south, I see it on in my head, south eastern part of France where she could go into Spain, the mountains there. And she got on a, on a train and she got almost to the border and they had a train stop right at the border of Spain. And, uh, and, and there was a conductor there that told her, said, listen, if you take this train to Spain, they'll arrest you and turn you over to the Germans. And so she didn't know what to do. So she got off the train and her and that little girl stayed there all night. The next morning, the conductor came in to open up shop and, and he whispered in her ear. He said, if you go, it was at, at the base of the Pyrenees Mountains. He said, if you'll go up to the top of that, up in there somewhere, they're meeting people, refugees are meeting there. They're trying to get into Spain and later on there'll be a guy come through and help guide you into Spain to save you. Well, her and that little girl that tortures Jeremy up the mountain in the Pyrenees, somewhere in the Pyrenees, got up there and that sure enough there was other people. The next day, it was cold. It was, I think it was in December, November or December, it was cold in the mountains. And the, the next day the guy came in and was leading them out and she come to find out that everybody here, except for me and my little girl, are elderly. She was just a young mother. One by one, them older people got wore out, got tired. They couldn't make it. And uh, said, I'm old, I've lived my life. You go on, you'll go on to safety. And, said, and that woman would say, but wait a minute, you can't stop now. It's your turn to carry my little baby, my yeah. four-year-old. She can't make this. And seem like that would hearten them. I've got an objection. It's going to be hard. It's going to be a sacrifice. Yeah. Huh? Right. And finally, they made it into Spain. I don't know about the rest of the story. I don't know if she ever got back with her husband. She, but she made it into Spain and into safety, at least for that time. Yeah. And that's the spirit of the cross. Yes, yeah. One by one, then people fell out. And each time she would say, but it's your turn to carry my child. Yeah. Can you help me carry my child? And that's what the cross is all about. Yeah. To bury you one another burdens. Yeah. Jesus said, if any come after me, first you, you know, something first, you know, you, you gotta become a millionaire. You gotta yeah. you gotta own a, a multinational company. Glory to God, you gotta buy you a new car. No, if any come after me, the first thing they must do is to deny themselves right. and take up yes. the cross Amen. and follow me. Yes. That's Amen. the spirit yes. of the cross. That's why Amen. I'm going. Amen. He, he was our example. Amen. And by him being our example, we follow him in that. Yeah. It's no wonder Jesus said the way to life, that you know, that straight is the way and narrow is the gate that leads to life. And few yeah. there be that find it. Yeah. It's not a popular message across, is it? You're right. Yeah. But Paul didn't just let it lay. Yeah. He didn't just not emphasize it. He gloried. Yes, yeah. in 
Christ. Christ. Amen. Amen. And on this Palm Sunday, I think we need, I think it'd be good to remind ourselves yes. that the cross is what it's all about. Yes, amen. amen. Hallelujah. That's right. It's, and that really, friend, that the cross will make our worship services better. Yeah. Amen. The cross will make our altar calls better. Yes, amen. The cross will make our business dealings better. Right. The cross will make our family relationships better. Right. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear that. So this, the songwriter said, that old rugged cross so despised by the world yeah. has a wondrous attraction yeah. to me. Yes. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Woo! Amen. If this seems foreign to you, if you look by my stumbling, my, my spitting, and my stammering, and, and my unnecessary words that I was saying within between my thoughts, if, if you look past that, and if what I'm saying is foreign to you, maybe... Maybe you need to come to the cross. Yeah. Yes. What a glorious thing that it is. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. The brightest shining beacon that has ever been shone is the Son of God hanging on the tree. Yeah. Hallelujah. Who died that death for you and me. Right. Praise God. Amen. Usually we have a piano player. Rebecca, give us a song. We don't have that. Does Jeff come up and play the bass or no? Don't have that. Have people that'll come. You know, what we do here is we just drag a chair up here and we pray. But I want you to know what we do have. We have what we need. Yes. Yes. We have That's the cross. Right. Yes. Amen. We have a crucified Savior. Would you stand all over the room? Praise Heavenly Father, we're thanking you for your goodness, your mercy. Lord, I know I preach longer probably than what I should, but God, I'm here to, to, today. To glory in the cross that your son died upon. And in his name, in his name, we have our life. And because of him, you've saved us and redeemed us and given us your grace. We ask, Heavenly Father, Lord, that you would meet the needs of everyone here and help them to realize, as we sometimes forget, it's all about you hanging on the cross. Do you have a need, friend? Look, look to Calvary. Have you got a sin problem? Yes. Look to Calvary. Hallelujah. I used to sing a song when I was just a teenager. It's an old song because I'm an old man. That love grew where the blood fell. Yes. Yeah. Flowers of hope sprang up. Yeah. For men. Yeah. Love grew where the blood fell. You got a sin problem? God can take care of it. Amen. Yes. He can take right. the Amen. stain of sin out of your life. Yes, he can. And you know, that sin will never be used against you by the Lord ever again. Right. Yes. Others may hold it against you, but he won't. Right. Amen. He'll wipe your slate clean. And not only that, he'll take the desire for sin. Yeah. Right. From right. You. Yeah. Right. He'll take that desire to sin. Whatever your need is here today, I invite you. Drag a chair up here. Start us out, Rachel. Drag a chair up here. That's fine as a place to pray with you.